Hey, this is GeekCast Space coming at you with a level up. Hey everybody, this is Rob Bates again, and I am here with Joe and the fantastic and all-knowing Dr. Arnold Blumberg. How you doing, man? I am doing very well, thanks. Excellent. Good to have you. So, Marvel. Yes. A huge amount of news on us this Tuesday. They did. They had their big Marvel event. And it was it was about as mind-blowing as it could get. It was they did fantastic releasing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even pulled our wool, the wool over our eyes with the whole uh, Captain America Serpent Society thing, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> hey, I was for it. I, I, yeah, no, I, I even that. tweeted it, Marvel. Like, right after that happened, like, they just put it on the live blog, and I was just like, I love you guys, but this is an awful name. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Don't do this. You've been doing so well so far. But then, of but, course, it took a left turn to really what we already kind of knew, but uh, confirmed. Yeah, everybody kind of... Everybody kind of thought it was going to happen, but the fact that they actually confirmed the Civil War was sure. massive, massive. I'm, I can't even begin to describe how excited I am. I've been banking on that for probably since they started the MCU. Well, I, I, um, I've been talking to a number of people in the last couple of days. I, I got um, contacted and calls from people in France and Germany, of all places, <laughs> to talk about this thing. And um, – one of the things I said to everybody was I was I was on Twitter and online uh, about to get ready for uh, teaching for the day. And for anybody that knows that I do all these classes like zombies and I have the Marvel Cinematic Universe class that's coming up at University of Baltimore in the spring. But this is I, I teach other things, too. These are just, <laughs> these are regular core uh, English writing classes that I was getting ready for that day. And then I saw that all unfolding on Twitter. And I hate to say it, given everything I do with Marvel, but I didn't know that was happening. And I also got some uh, news from some other people, other areas of uh, of entertainment journalism who said it, it kind of came along pretty quickly. And some of them were caught were kind of blindsided by it, too. So it seemed maybe not spontaneous, but a little bit of a surprise. So then I was keeping an eye on it all. And thankfully it timed out just well that I was able to see everything they announced before I had to actually go. And, uh, it was, it was really exciting to see all that play out online. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I know that a lot of people, I, I guess I've been on the interwebs for a while watching this, <laughs> but a lot of people have been going back and forth about whether or not they were going to do civil war or not, whether it be right. because not people think there's not enough heroes introduced yet, or they just don't like the storyline. Right. For whatever reason, I've seen both sides of the argument tenaciously. I just got really lucky and they happen to make my dreams come true. <laughs> well, there's a couple things that this is what I think. Eh? There are a couple things going on there. Um, well, for one thing in general, too, one thing I did see also online, because uh, there is nothing, as, as you guys well know, there is nothing that all of us that love these things can't love so much that there won't be people out there instantly trying to rain on your parade. And one of the immediate reactions to the Marvel event was, oh, yay, Marvel announced a bunch of movies, most of which we already knew they were probably going to do anyway, including the dates we already knew, and just gave us some logos. What's so exciting? It's exciting because not only do, if you're a fan, it's exciting not only because it's another step towards seeing the realization of this ongoing developing saga that, with the characters you love, 
But it's also because Marvel clearly understands something that in some ways DC is not doing in the same way. They understand showmanship. They announce these things not just by putting out a press release. They did the full Apple Steve Jobs route of having a stage and bringing out Downey and putting out the logos. They know how to get a fan base excited. Yeah, even over a live blog. Like I, yes. I was just sitting there, and I was on the edge of my seat the entire time just watching sc- words scroll on my screen. Yes, and it's it, even if some of the stuff is stuff that we did know or kind of know or assume was going to happen, there's an excitement even in the, the real world side of it, forgetting being excited about the stories. There's an excitement about just knowing what's to come, what you have to look forward to. And another thing is I do a lot of book and graphic design. And I've discovered over the years that whenever I get an idea for anything, a book or an article, I find now that the first thing I tend to do, whether it's a good thing for my time management or not, is I start designing logos. So for me, this whole strategy they used here of rolling the logos out was brilliant because oh, yeah. it's something that immediately engages you. It's like, oh, it's real. It's typeset. It's It looks glorious. There's Captain America Civil War. There's Ragnarok with Thor. It, it it just captures your imagination, even just the words on the screen. And they really understand that. So I, I have to give them a lot of credit for understanding how to maintain their brand and maintain their audience. And as they're part of their audience, I was I was excited to see everything that they had, even if it was stuff that I might have thought, well, I know they're going to do it. But it's still a, a thrill to see it happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and especially with characters like Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Like, we know yeah. they're coming. Yes. It was just a matter of when, you know. They kind of yeah. had to finish their first run of these are our successful franchises, and then now that you're hooked... You We're going to start branching out into weird things like Guardians of the Galaxy or introducing right. all sorts of new superheroes. And they're the new characters you were talking about before. And it, and it also... Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I could certainly say, if, if you want to be even slightly critical about it, is, okay, yes, it, it certainly could be seen as slightly overdue because... One of the key things that both Black Panther and Captain Marvel are addressing as films is the lack of diversity. That's one of the main issues that keeps being brought up time and again about so many of these franchises and the superhero genre in general. So what do they do? One of the first things they did to do this event was make very sure that some of the stuff rolling out would address that at those issues and say, here you go, we're hearing you. Maybe, maybe it's coming along years later than it should have. Maybe there should be more of it. But here comes Black Panther, here comes Captain Marvel, and it will be Carol Danvers. You're going to see these characters leading their own films. And, Absolutely. And it's just the beginning. So and I you know I, that we're probably going to see them before that, too. I, I, mean, I would think that's, yeah, post-credit sequences, that kind of thing. I, I think you're right. And then uh, uh, Kevin actually uh, said that we're going to be seeing Black Panther suited up for the first time in Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that he's going to be playing a big role. What are your? I'm I'm actually kind of thinking that he's going to be filling the like Spider-Man position in That's the whole Civil point. War story. I know that one thing that was going on online, and we might as well uh, talk about that for a minute too, is the hashtag Bring Spidey Home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people kind of expected that maybe one of the announcements was going to be some big announcement that a deal had been struck with Sony. And many people also commented on the fact that Marvel had put out key art 
for the comic side of things, announcing the new Civil War storyline that was coming. And if I remember correctly, the art features Cap, Iron Man, and Spider-Man in the middle. Mm-hmm. And since everything's connected, there's that idea of, oh, do they have a game plan here? And it seems so far like that's not the case, although Feige did say that if nothing... He, if I remember right, he said something to the effect of anything that wasn't announced today remains a rumor. It doesn't mean it's true or false. It just means still a rumor. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a non-answer. So, yeah. you know, we you could be right. It could be that they're, they're going to construct a civil war without the Spider-Man character. And frankly, I, I don't really have a problem with that as long as the story is well told. I see a lot of Marvel fans, like you find with fans of anything, who will make these odd pronouncements like, well... They can't do the Civil War storyline because they don't have Spider-Man. They don't have such and such. They can do whatever they want. They just rewrite it. <laughs> you know, they, It's astounding to me that very often fans of things that are so imaginative seem to have the least imagination about the idea that things can be flexible. It won't be the Civil War from the comics. It'll be the Civil War from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what that is, we can't even say right now. But mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm willing to bet it'll be exciting and entertaining. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and see what happens. Yeah, it's not like they've really let us down yet. Right. Not really. Overall, I mean... Yeah, not really. And 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 I've also said, too, it's like, look, at this point, if a, if a single film or character that they do does poorly, that's, that's not going to hurt the brand of the series in the long run. And there are already people that have preferences. There are people who say, well, I like Iron Man, but I don't enjoy the Thor, Thor films as much. Or I like this, but I don't care too much about Captain America. It's a big, wide world of characters. So there's a lot of variation there. And now there's plenty of room for them to make mistakes and just keep going you know you don't like this one wait three months we've got another one coming agreed especially since i think uh, i didn't pay attention to the dates too closely but i knew that marvel was talking about here in some of the upcoming years starting to go to a three movie release instead of just doing two movies a year yeah, I think so. Um, while we're talking, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to bring up, I'd, I'd actually uh, made sure I wrote down everything. One thing I also noticed was kind of interesting was everybody had thought Ant-Man was going to be a Phase 3 film, but apparently it's the last film of Phase 2. Yeah, which it's was... It's still being considered a Phase 2 movie, <laughs> even though in terms of narrative structure, you'd assume that the Phase idea peaks with an Avengers movie. Uh, Ant-Man's still considered Phase 2. So that makes July. me wonder, because they've been talking about, I mean, Ant-Man being so like keystone for the entire like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like They've been they've been hyping it up, so it almost seems like it's a henchpin now. It's going to... Well, who gonna, knows? Maybe maybe the shift also has to do with all the alterations that happened. Um, I mean, I'm not... James I'm not, Gunn. What? With James Gunn. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative about it, because we don't know what's going to happen. But... Who knows? Maybe Ant-Man was intended to be more pivotal than maybe it'll be now, and maybe they're considering at the end of Phase 2 because it'll come after Age of Ultron, and if it does poorly, they can sort of just roll past it. Right. But then again, it's... I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't, uh, if anybody were to ask me an opinion, I'd still think more than not that a given Marvel film is going to still be entertaining. If you've liked the kind of things they've done before, one of the things that they're, they have shown they're great at is maintaining a certain tone and level of quality. If you don't like it, you're not going to like any of them. If you like that a lot, you're probably going to find something to enjoy in almost all of them. So I have a hard time believing that Ant-Man will be a miserable failure, for instance. But maybe they're just trying to be careful about that when given how much happened to it. Agreed. So Civil War, actually, by the way, that means Captain America's Civil War, for all intents and purposes, becomes the first film of Phase 3. 
which makes a lot of sense now when you think about it, because if that launches a very different dynamic for the characters, it's a good starting point for another for chapter of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's May 2016. Especially having to tie everything together afterwards and bring it back to Thanos. Right. I mean, Right. It's the Avengers, so obviously you're going to have not everybody, but most everybody back together. So there's going to be a lot of grudges that are going to have to get settled and sure. things along those lines. they got to tie that whole And you mentioned about uh, the three films a year, and you're right, because when you look at the dates for everything that they ran down, uh, Civil War and Doctor Strange come out in 2016. Mm-hmm. But then starting in 2017 with Guardians 2, they have movies coming out same months, by the way, too. Early May early July, early November in both 2017 and 2018. And the last date they nailed down was May 3rd, 2019 for the Avengers Infinity War Part 2. So the likelihood is if everything is still going well, I imagine they're expecting two more in 2019 also. Man, that's that's crazy. (laughs) It is. I mean, of course, by that time, we might all be sitting here talking about how the superhero genre is so done and over and everybody's tired of it. But (laughs) if that's the case, they'll dial it back. But right now, I think we're in an era where people uh, just want more. So absolutely. Um, And I don't think there's ever been more because we're having almost as many films coming out from D.C. at the same time. That's right. Not that, you know, most people will spend their expendable cash on that instead of Marvel, but... Well, look, I mean, one of the things that I've also been asked to, a lot of people have been asking me about the differences between Marvel and DC, and a couple of things that have come up is DC rolls out their slate in a very traditional journalistic way. They send out a press release, they make the announcements. Marvel stages, um, as I keep saying, it's the, just the, the first thing that occurs to me, an Apple-style presentation. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's a good comparison because it's sort of the Apple Microsoft thing with Marvel and DC. DC and Time Warner and that corporate structure, and and the same thing existed with the comics when Marvel came along in the 60s. Marvel always felt like the hip company for the younger crowd, and DC was like your grandfather's comics. (laughs) That and, and it's weird because I I don't mean to disparage it because I I love Superman and Batman too. I love Wonder Woman and all these characters. I'd be thrilled to see fantastic versions of those in film. And yet DC seems to have a problem in creating a sense of excitement about their brand that Marvel do, knows very well how to do. Marvel's basis is not on any individual character. It's Marvel. It's the idea you love that universe. DC has spent many years basically regurgitating Superman and Batman, and they're only now going to show the extended universe of all that because they're sort of playing catch-up to Marvel. Will they catch up? It's very possible. But their attitude to the way they do things is very different. The other big issue, of course, is that Marvel is very cohesive. It's all one big universe. If they launch a new movie or a television show, it all fits together. With DC, 47 different movies and TV shows, and almost as if in spite, they're saying, no, nah, none of it's going to connect. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels less like you're getting... If, if I were a DC, if I'd grown up a DC fan, all I can think is I think I'd feel disappointed that I'm not getting to see the DC universe that I loved. That's what you're getting with Marvel. It's all one big universe, just like the comics. With DC, instead, it's like we're giving you multiple different adaptations of many of our characters, all in individual productions that you can all enjoy separately, but you'll never see Arrow walk by Batman, or you'll never see Constantine meet Superman. It's like that's part of the joy of loving these comics and these characters. So it feels a little like they're missing a point. Right. But, you know, what do we know? Because they're still going to make billions. So. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. No matter what. 
Their you're characters doing, are too iconic not to. You're doing something right. Yeah. Whatever that is. So it's just, it's it's a different mindset. I mean, it, 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 to try to be fair, all you can say is they clearly have very different approaches to how they're dealing with their characters and their properties. DC's approach seems to be a little more, I don't, I don't want to say corporate-based, but it does seem to be a little more restricted. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and if you look at their characters and the way that they've even stylized the movies, I mean, it really reflects the businesses themselves. Because Marvel, you've got all of these ridiculously flamboyant characters one way or another, mm-hmm. snarky one-liners, all of this. And then DC, you've got, you know, David Nolan's trilogy of Batman, and they're just going to roll with that style, allegedly, throughout the entire unfolding of the DC universe. Another thing that another thing that's interesting too is that with Marvel, um, you have Kevin Feige basically serving the same role as someone who would be a showrunner on a television show, and having someone, and then presumably, of course, a staff under him guide everything, aids that sense of a cohesive, consistent universe. So like as an audience member and as a fan. You can buy into this and go, oh, I love this no matter what happens. It's all Marvel. I feel like I'm in that world. DC doesn't have that same structure. And mm-hmm. I, I'd even read a thing where they'd said at one point they were hoping Christopher Nolan might become that guy or that somebody might be the person. And right. so far they don't have one. Now, Zack Snyder doing Justice League and everything, it could very well be that that could then evolve into something. And who knows, in a year or two, we might be looking at the DC stuff and saying, well, they're, they're getting everything right and they're doing very well. It could change the game completely. Agreed. What are your thoughts, by the way, on all of these rumors that have been flying around the last couple of days about Doctor Strange being played by Benedict Cumberbatch? I know that people have kind of talked about it and there was this, yeah, while I- we thought it was going to be Walking Phoenix... Yeah, which also sounded like a great choice. Uh, oh, from, yeah. from everything I've seen, I think Cumberbatch is actually signed at this point. I, I don't oh, want to realize that. I, I, know, don't, I don't I want to be, yeah. Um, I, I know that there was some confusion about it, but I think it's official at this point um, that he is. Well, the thing that kind of threw me off is that uh, at the uh, the press for release, the, uh, they the didn't event... Say, yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't even that they didn't say it. It was that there was a uh, question right afterwards for the Q&A, mm-hmm. and somebody asked specifically about that. And he kind of gave one of those half-hearted, like, yeah, that may or may not be a thing. Like, if it was an official thing, then we would have announced it today. So that can only mean that negotiations aren't over. Right. They're close. And I do know that it was interesting. This is actually sort of a mounting issue with the Marvel stuff if people are really interested in in the the behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Clearly, they're finally reaching a point where at the level of success that they're at, they're they're starting to encounter issues. The Ant-Man thing is, of course, probably the biggest yeah that's happened so far but then you have the whole doctor strange thing like the fact that uh, if you read all the coverage about it it sounds like phoenix was like one day it came down to one day of a yes or no and negotiations breaking down Mm -hmm. so it was virtually certain and then not so they're probably treading very carefully here because the other problem is they need to get started on that film and they're they're the way they do this in in a way it's it's pros and cons they they get everybody excited by laying out all these movies but now this means they really have a schedule they have to adhere to of course they can shift things around and they just have to say well you know uh things have changed but they don't want to they want to they want to roll this out the way they've announced it so they're going to have to nail all that down and get that movie going so they're probably very concerned about making sure that everything is signed before they say anything it seems like we're right on the verge of getting the official announcement then for that i certainly think that's as good a choice as any i i don't think um 
I, I, I don't know who else I would have thought of, but uh, I can easily see him playing a character like that and giving it the right kind of blend of mystery that it calls for. So problem with Doctor Strange, too, is he looks often like Tony Stark, particularly in the movies, the, the downy Tony Stark. So I think they're probably going to have to make Doctor Strange look a little different. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just another guy in a goatee. You've just, right. Yeah, right. You've just got another Tony Stark, except this one's magic instead of, yeah. you know, a tech wizard. Yeah. So Cumberbatch might wind up just playing it basically looking like himself, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. And that's the, that that could be fine. You know, it could work just fine. Put him in something resembling the outfit. And I'm sure that'll be all right, though. I would love to see Benedict Cumberbatch in a goatee. Can he even grow facial hair? I don't know, but it would be it'd, it'd be fantastic to see. <laughs> like that's what I really want. I'm sure they can use the latest in CGI technology. That's true. That's right. True. If Andy Circus can be a chimp and Gollum. Right. I kind of love that idea now too. Like it's so easy makeup wise to just lay actual hair on someone's face. But no, we're gonna have a CGI goatee floating <laughs> along. Just because we can. Always just slightly out of sync because it isn't lining up on the green screen. Right. <laughs> oh, that'd be too great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The best is when they show like the behind the scenes and he's just got like painter's tape around his mouth. That's <laughs> a whole bunch of big tennis balls all around <laughs> points for the goatee. Oh. Hours and hours of rendering to get that just right. <laughs> just just to get the perfect goatee. Each hair, just like silly from Monsters Inc. We've we've written <laughs> computer software to run every hair of Cumberbatch's goatee for this film. We've contacted NASA to get the latest and greatest in quantum computing. That's right. (laughs) Solely for this goatee. All new ground and CGI facial hair coming to you. (laughs) Thanks to Benedict Cumberbatch. At this point, we've spent more on the mustache than they spent on Smaug. (laughs) Oh, man. That'd be great. What are your thoughts, by the way, on the Inhumans? I know it's kind of like a a lesser-known Marvel property, uh, them bringing like, that out. Yeah, I, I that may be the one thing on this entire list of things that they announced that I don't have any negative feelings about it, but I just can't wrap my head around that at all yet. It's just like, well, we'll see what they do. I mean, what's interesting is that that's a group of characters that, to me anyway, growing up as a fan, always felt completely intertwined with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, to see what they're going to do without that. Yeah, and I mean, and not that that matters, because again, it doesn't matter. They can make it whatever they want it to be, and the mm-hmm. basic premise of this isolated and hidden group of mutated people that doesn't require the fantastic four to find them that can be anybody but i i don't really have a sense of that one yet and um i guess in a way it feels the most like the way i felt when the first guardians was announced it was like i really don't know what this one will be it feels like that's the next boundary pushing one because it doesn't have as much like you say it's one of the more obscure it doesn't have as much identification. They're going to have to make it somewhat their own since they have to remove some of what the the connection point was. So um, I really don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I think a lot of that will also depend on how they cast those characters and who's mm-hmm. going to really drive that movie. Is it going to be Black Bolt as the center, which seems unlikely because if they do that right, he won't be able to say anything. Uh, they also had a sentient tree that just said three words throughout the entire movie and yeah they need he seems to be a fan favorite yeah they need to cast somebody in that role who's a very known verbose actor and then have him not talk at all i mean they've been talking about vin diesel doing it forever so yeah they've uh, they've even been talking about bending the rules 
for for Vin Diesel just for this instance. So oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they they even fell through with it. Could be, could be. Sure. I also think that it's a good way. Uh, it seems to me like they're building up two intertwining separate universes. You've got the MCU, everything that's going on in Earth and the Avengers and Agents of Shield and things along those lines. And I feel like they're going to start branching off into the Marvel space universe because you've already got the yeah. Guardians. They're introducing right. the Kree. They already had the Chitari. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're bringing Thanos in, and Thanos is, you know, a mad titan from forever ago across the, you know, oceans of space. And well, they, and by the time they get to Infinity War, it very much feels like a tying together of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think, if I remember correctly, one of the things that also came up on that day was, I think it was Feige or somebody referring to it as the culmination of everything mm-hmm. that's come before it, which, yep. in a way, if you want to, as a fan, might be seen as a slightly foreboding way of putting it because it might mean that they might be looking at the infinity war as a potential ending or or at least as a grace point Mm -hmm. and and like we were just talking about burnout earlier considering how much they have on the slate they might very well have in in mind we we do know from previous information that they supposedly have plans as far out as 2028 but that doesn't mean that they might not also have a plan to rest things for a little while at some point and maybe infinity war is a part they're going to get to and then say i will take a year or two and see what happens or maybe not. If, I mean, if things are continuing to be successful, I'm sure there's no reason they wouldn't want to have movies in the theater all year round. So, Oh, yeah, they, I'm sure. They could still be doing that. I, I think if nothing else, though, we also are seeing very likely the ending of many of the actors that we've grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Downey himself or Chris Evans or Hemsworth, I think many of these guys might be segueing out as we move forward. Uh- I think this is a great way to do that, ending it yep. with the Infinity Wars. Because, I mean, as big as that is, it'd be a good, good place to retire them. Yeah, and who knows? Would They might even go so far as to actually have deaths. Um, mm-hmm. Which, of course, in comic book terms doesn't matter, because down the road, everybody comes back eventually. Uh, so if they wanted to, they could. But uh, we could certainly see that happen. Of course, we know what happened to Captain America around Civil War time and all that. So, mm-hmm. so. And, I mean, they've already introduced a couple of his successors, so... That's I mean, right. It's, it's definitely not out of the question. We may even have a different Captain America by the time Infinity Wars comes around. They did already say that the Avengers lineup itself will most definitely be a different lineup by the end of Age of Ultron itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And also, considering that anybody who really remembers the comic book history, if you remember the first major lineup shakeup, um, had Cap having to lead a team of mostly newcomers, including Hawkeye, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and geez, which characters are in Age of Ultron again? Mm-hmm. It's a very I'm, familiar group uh, sitting there. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they become the Secret Avengers for the Civil War. Oh, I mean, it a- seems like it, it seems like those guys are going to stick together, and it would make sense for oh, Quicksilver okay. and Scarlet Witch to go with them. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I think ultimately it's uh, oh that's right you were also talking about um before you were talking about the Age of Ultron trailer itself right what were your thoughts on that oh well it's, uh, it, it was fantastic i mean it 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 not only feels like something that's ratcheting up the stakes and the tension but i think one of the most beautiful things about it was i loved the use of the pinocchio song in yeah. there 
Oh yeah, that was my favorite uh, part too. And I love, I just love the fact that that says so much about the Disney Marvel acquisition and the mm-hmm. the synergy there. It's like Disney, and and what I've been saying to a lot of people is. I don't know, but I wonder if there was even any discussion on the Disney side about whether or not to do that. Because even though they're all together now and Marvel's a part of Disney, I could imagine there might be some more old school people over in Disney who are thinking, I don't know if we want to take a beloved song from Pinocchio and turn it into something that twists. It's going to give people nightmares. Ultron, yeah. So I wonder if there was some older executive somewhere saying, I don't know if we want to do that. But obviously they did, and I think it's brilliant. And, uh, and Ultron comes across, especially when that first suit walks in. Yeah. That the sort of Frankenstein up. zombie kind of look, it, it's truly disturbing. And, oh, yeah. And then by the end of it, whenever you see him and James Spader actually, you know, there are no strings on me. It's yeah, it's bone chilling. It's yeah, so good. Absolutely. I, I think it's excellent. And then I don't know if you've seen, but they've now they've officially put out the, the version of it that also includes the little teaser scene where they're all having the party and trying to, to uh, pick up Thor's hammer. Joe was actually just telling about that. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I've heard about it, but yeah, it's great. Showed it, uh, there was the button scene on shield last night yeah mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it directly leads into an ultron walks into the room mm-hmm. so they they have that scene that's now sort of an extended trailer it then leads into the trailer but uh it's a great little scene i mean it, it's one of those things that shows why they're so good at what they do that they're always grounding it in human relationships even i mean obviously thor's asgardian but i mean the idea that they're they act like real people that they're hanging out together and having a party. And like the shawarma scene at the end of the first Avengers, it's that idea that that humanizes the characters. And I think the one part of that scene I love the most is, without them commenting on it at all, is when uh, Cap steps up to try it, the hammer moves a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Thor looks for just one second like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which makes total sense because, of course, you know, Cap, he's got to be the worthiest, purest human being they could possibly find. So naturally, it moved just a hair. And uh, it's, it's that kind of touch that I think makes this stuff work so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, are, there, are there any others that we haven't touched on yet? We've got Inhumans, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't talk about Guardians 2 too much, but I mean... I'm sure that's a given. We're all ridiculously excited for it. And and I'm sure that'll play even more into setting up the Infinity War stuff and building toward that in a more direct way than maybe some of the others will mm-hmm. because it's connected, you know, to those characters in a more direct way. Um and although it wasn't part of the announcements, let's not forget that we also have uh, all these Netflix shows coming up. Oh, yeah. Daredevil, and Jessica Jones. Iron Fist, Luke Cage. That's all moving mm-hmm. toward the Defenders. And then uh, we also have Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's and it's a huge Squirrel thing. Girl being cast. Obviously, that's <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that'll always be important in the <laughs> Pantheon. Uh, if they ever get the Fantastic Four rights and Doctor Doom shows up, we know at least one person who can beat them, so there we go. <laughs> Quick to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, it's just, it's so exciting. I, I'm probably more pumped for movies for the next six years of my life than I think I have been for <laughs> anything else. That's the, maybe that's one of the nice things, too, is that Marvel and DC together, they're not just uh, uh, cold-heartedly uh, making product and selling movies to people. They're also giving people reasons to go on for many years to come. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like, are you having trouble in your life? Do you have issues? You know, do you, are, you, are you getting sad? Well, don't Here. worry, because the Infinity War is already scheduled for 2018 and 2019. And DC so gets re- a lot of stuff. So you have reason to live. Yes. At least for the next half decade. That's right. right. And by the time you get to that, I'm sure they'll announce the next group. So we'll keep things going. There'll always be something to watch. <laughs> I could very, very easily see it that we're watching Marvel movies for the rest of our lives. Marvel as comics, big as this something to live for. <laughs> <laughs> I think Marvel, you if you're listening, <laughs> boy, do we have an ad campaign for you. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been a blast. I'm Rob Bass. I'm Joe. And I'm Arnold. And this has been a GeekCast Live level up.